For more interviews with leading figures in Asia from the world of business and beyond, head to the App Store or Google Play to download the Tiger Hall app. We're in the Tiger Hall with Grace Yip, head of HR at Accenture in ASEAN. So Grace, I want to talk to you about how people can optimise their learning and be constantly upping their game, something I know you're really passionate about. So I'm going to start with a very simple question. Why do you think learning is so important? Thank you. It is indeed one of my favourite topics of all time, you know, this conversation about learning. For me as an individual, it's actually shows up in my top five of the Clifton Strengths Finder learner. And I guess all my life, I've always really enjoyed the process of learning and being curious. I often get asked, how would you describe um, some of the critical success factors that you know, make you successful? And I always say, being a curious learner and always choosing to learn and to learn continuously definitely is one of them. And for me, I think learning is really important to all of us in today's age. One of my favourite quotes is by someone called Alvin Toffler. And he said, The illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read and write, but those who cannot learn, unlearn and relearn. So that for me uh, often sets me and my team on what I call a curious learning journey. And I think of learning a bit like the analogy of growing a plant, whether it's in learning in a professional sense or even in a personal sense, you need different sort of uh, elements that come together to grow a healthy plant. So I always think of learning as the fertilizer that adds to your ability to grow, grow healthy, grow faster, grow stronger. Uh, and not learning is essentially like not putting fertilizer in the soil. Right? So for, that, for me, it is that important. And because it is that important, I found that it's really important to make time for learning and prioritize learning. Now, I think that that's always a very, very, very hard thing to do. But I have learned over time that, you know, it doesn't happen by chance. You've got to kind of make it part of your daily life. It's a bit like exercise. If you want to look after your health, if you want to keep fit, you can't just decide to go and run a marathon. It's not going to work. So learning is it's a bit like that, right? You can't just decide one day to wake up and cram for an exam. You've got to kind of put that habit into your daily life. And so I think there's a huge relationship between how much time you give to learning and how important learning is to you. And if you take a step back, that's all about whether you have a growth mindset and you believe that you know you can keep learning and keep growing and keep trying new things. Um, and that's an important mindset to start with. I also really like one of the things that Jack Ma, you know, the founder of Alibaba, actually said in one of his interviews and one of the excerpts he talked about is, you know, who you are going to be is really determined by the few hours that you spend in the evening after work. What do you do between 6pm and midnight? And how you use that time, do you use it to learn and grow at all? And what you do with that time actually makes a huge impact. And it's about putting aside time consistently uh, to be able to learn and grow. And if you do one hour a day, for example, 
to dedicate time to learn, uh, it will make a huge amount of impact in your life in just even a year. So those are some of the things that um, I think are important to consider when people say, you know, you need to set aside time to learn. Yeah, it is actually really, really important. So in terms of your own curious learning journey, you just mentioned how you spend your evening. I mean, is this how you spend your evening? Do you get home and you pick up a book and you listen to podcasts? How do you squeeze learning into your day? Um, I do it a little bit differently. And what I try and do um, are a few things. First of all, I usually every six months or so, I kind of make it a habit to draw out a bit of a learning plan in a fun way. Because I really believe that you would learn when it's fun. Right? You won't learn when it's boring, but you learn when it's fun. So I often kind of broadly draw a bit of a mind map. You know, things that interest me, both professionally uh, and personally. And uh, you know, I kind of draw links between different things. So for example, um, I've been really interested in neuroscience and behavioural economics. I've taken a number of courses, talked to different people about it. So I've, I put that as a big bubble of stuff. Okay, I want to do all this stuff around this. Uh, and then I think about you know innovation. Innovation is a big thing in today's world. So how do I learn more about innovation and cultural innovation? So I tend to kind of draw a map and see how these kind of relate to each other. Right, and then I have my own uh, favorite personal things like learning to uh, cook specific dishes more. So I, I put that down too. Right, but so the, the the posture of learning is something that I try and choose to be more deliberate about. Um, and then I kind of think also about what are the different resources that uh, I can leverage, and I like to learn using many different methods. Uh, it puts the boredom to a corner. It allows me to kind of learn differently I think conversations with experts or people who know a topic is one of my favourite ways to learn uh, especially if it's over a plate of sushi even better and you know you can build on the perspectives once you have a little bit of knowledge about it and one of the things that I found that's very helpful for me is to repurpose what I call dead weight time when I mean date wait time, it would be time that you usually can't use to learn or to read. So one of my favorite sort of uh, learning hacks is actually um, the app called Audible. I'm a big fan of that because it allows me to use time when I'm brushing my teeth in the morning or I'm getting ready to go into a cab, having my coffee. I mean, if you think about the amount of time it takes to get ready to go to work and then go to work, it's a good 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And then on the way back home, that's another 30 minutes, thereabouts. That's essentially an hour 15 minutes in a day, which is not a separate amount of time that you have to set aside, but you've repurposed the time to be able to listen and pay attention while you do some of the very basic things in life, which, you know, you, you do it by autopilot. So that for me was one of the biggest learning hacks. Uh, and I have to say that it was so significant for me that uh, I on average read about or listen to about two books a month, which is far more than I had uh, the ability to get through if I was just trying to find a specific time in my diary to sit there and read. So there are some of uh, these solutions out there that are technology-driven that can help you learn. And books are interesting. At least for me, they are interesting. 
You could also listen to Tiger Hall podcasts. Exactly, which is why I'm recording <laughs> one. <laughs> Can I ask you a bit more about your learning plan? How do you structure this and how do you keep yourself on on plan to, to sticking to it? So I I only put out a rough structure of things that interest me. And I try and make sure that I stick to those broad topics and I create a lot of flexibility around what I feel like learning, when I feel like learning. Because I think if it's, for me, if it's over-structured, then it's not going to be that fun or engaging. Okay, so you don't hold yourself accountable in a very serious, scary way. Not in a serious, scary way, but in a broad way. I just want to make sure that I'm continuously learning about things that have interrelations with each other. Uh, and every now and then I look back and I go like, oh, actually, there's something else more interesting that I would like to learn that I feel is relevant to either uh, my work or things that I'm trying to do. And I kind of put it in and I, I, I like to share that with my team. My team always knows I start a lot of meetings with. So there's this book I've just read. Uh, you should read it, too. <laughs> Uh, and I think that's it's, it's fun to be able to kind of interact with people and, and talk about stories that we really like. And then I think maybe the other thing that I found really fun um, is actually this uh, other app called Masterclass where there are experts from actors to sports people to, I don't know, food celebrities that teach you their skill. And I love that because... It's really special when you're learning from a real expert. Somehow they can make the classes really fun. Uh, they kind of elevate conversations from, I think, the nuts and bolts to kind of a more inspired level uh, where you not only find yourself learning the few things that are really, really important to that topic, but you find yourself very inspired because they really are passionate about whatever that they're talking about. Um, okay, as a leader, you mentioned this a little bit already, but how can you encourage and really get your team excited about learning? So I'm, I'm quite fortunate that I work in a company that really, really believes in learning. Uh, we actually spent almost 8 million US dollars in the last uh, financial year in, in our region on learning. Uh, and we've always believed that as leaders one of the main things that we should do is to lead our people and to teach our people and to share our knowledge. Right? So it's very much in the DNA. Um, and maybe an example I would use is when our new CEO, Julie Sweet, wrote in her first letter to all of our employees, one of the things that she talked about was uh, to be a curious learner, learner, to do continuous learning, and how she, as a leader, was learning in today's world, that she didn't know everything, and she too needed to stay relevant. And she talked about the need for all of us in the firm to uh, have a, what we call a technology quotient, TQ, as compared to EQ <laughs> and IQ. And uh, she leveraged a platform that we have internally called a learning board. So it's a little bit like a Pinterest for learning, where as individuals or leaders, we can pin things that we are learning uh, into almost like a little learning journey and get people to follow us. Uh, and I think she used the technology in such a brilliant way that everybody started to know and wanted to ask ourselves the question, what is Julie learning and how do we learn alongside her? Uh, and so she's had received a huge number of hits uh, on her learning board. And it has also encouraged a lot of us leaders to think about creating our own learning boards. Uh, because actually, 
we found that a lot of people are interested about how we learn. And we all have very different learning patterns. Uh, some works better for some of our friends and colleagues and some a little less. And the more we are able to share what we learn, I think it just builds that culture of learning. Another thing that we've, we've tried to do is to make learning fun. I'm, I'm a big believer that you have to make learning fun. Because nobody is going to spend an extra hour a day to learn if they think it's really boring. Now, I do understand that as you build skills, some of it requires actually using the skills and it may not always be easy, but it still can be fun. Uh, so some of the things that we've tried to do, uh, at least within my team, uh, for example, is we've built what we call a school of rock for recruiters. We call them the rock star recruiters. And we've put together a fun curriculum under this banner called School of Rock. And one of the things that we try and do is to help people to experiment with the skills that they've built. Um, an example would be we were actually looking at new ways of building up our gender diverse pipeline. And so we had different partners come in to have... Uh, learning sessions with us, we engage LinkedIn to talk about their solutions and how we use their solutions in a better way. We talked about uh, how we could be more effective in having conversations. And then we had country recruiters all compete with each other to test some of these skills that they have built, right? So it, it, it became quite fun, uh, competitive in a fun way as we built our uh, gender diverse pipeline uh, over today. And so the ability to learn differently, apply what you learn and do it in a fun way really does engage people. Okay, so I love what you say there and I completely agree that learning should be fun, should be interesting. But one thing I did want to ask you about is that a frequent complaint that I hear and I'm often shown statistics that, that back this up is that lots of the HR implemented L&D programs are actually quite boring and they have a really low engagement rate. So how do you think we can try and make learning more fun for people in a more structured way? Just as the world has moved towards more user-centered design, I think a lot of L&D professionals can adopt the concepts of user-centered design into learning. Because in traditionally, a lot of the learning is about low content that gets downloaded into people. Uh, and the more you can squeeze into an hour, the better it is. And that's, that's not helpful. If you think about the neuroscience behind learning, there are these concepts that we use in Accenture called durable learning concepts that allow for learning to register and to be internalized. So a few examples would be to use reinforcing theories and, and not just do it uh, a whole bunch of content in one go, but think about the concept that you're trying to uh, get across and how you reinforce this over a, a longer duration. Action learning is important uh, because, like I tell people, you can't really learn to swim just by watching YouTube. You got it. Get in the pool, right? try it out, learn through being safe and failing, you know, with like maybe like floats and all. But you, you've got to do it, right? Before you can actually build that skill. Um, so I think there are concepts that are aligned to the neuroscience 
way of learning that L&D professionals should take very seriously and think about how that content is being delivered. An example of which we recently ran was when we were trying to introduce new concepts around le- um, leadership development and the leader. we call it the leadership DNA. In a world where we are driven by disruption and you know the importance of innovation, and we created an immersive learning experience for a lot of our managing directors to experience where they walked into different rooms and they had different experiences. So to be able to engage the five senses of learning and then to cause deep reflection on the content as to how this applies to me, and to create, you know, uh, an element of surprise. Now, all of that requires a lot more work, <laughs> a lot more thinking. But I think if we truly, as L&D people, want to create impact, which is essentially helping people think differently, uh, perhaps a lot of that's about mindset change before that behaviour change, then we're going to have to employ new, more different methods from the old traditional ways of just putting content out there and trying to figure out how much we can get into somebody in an hour. 